Our scripture reading for this morning is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord, I encourage you to live as people worthy of the call you received from God. Conduct yourselves with all humility, gentleness, and patience. Accept each other with love and make every effort to preserve the unity of the spirit with the peace that ties you together. You are one body and one spirit, just as God also called you in one hope. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. God has given his grace to each one of us, measured out by the gift that is given in Christ. That's why the scripture says, when he climbed up to the heights, he captured prisoners and he gave gifts to people. What does the phrase, he climbed up, mean if it doesn't mean that he had first gone down into the lower regions, the earth? The one who went down is the same one who climbed up above all the heavens so that he might fill everything. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. His purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son. God's goal for us is to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standards of the fullness of Christ. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown about by every wind that comes from teaching with deceitful scheming and tricks people play deliberately to mislead others. Instead, by speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head. The whole body grows from him as it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each one does its part. The word of the Lord. Good morning. As a child of the 80s, I spent a great deal of my elementary school years listening to the schoolhouse rock. Perhaps you remember them from such hits such as Conjunction Junction, What's Your Function? Or I Am Just a Bill on Capitol Hill. But thanks to those videos, I learned early on all about the way that grammar works, how a conjunction connects two thoughts or how an adverb modifies them. And while I know none of you came here this morning for a grammar lesson, it is important to remember these basic facts. Because today our text begins with a combination of these two types of speech. Therefore, 
a conjunctive adverb, connecting and modifying our text today with all that has come before it. If you haven't been here the past few weeks, let me give you this short recap. In the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul is recounting to his audience all about the grace, the mercy, the compassion, the invitation and sacrifice, the inclusivity, the righteousness, the holiness of God. And he's tried to hammer home to the Ephesians and to our readers today just who God is. And now he's switching modes. Therefore, he says, given everything that you have just learned about who God is, this then is how you ought to be. Who we are always hangs on the therefore. Because of who God is, we know who we are called to be. And who we are is both connected to who God is and is modified by who God is. And who are we called to be? Just who is Paul calling us to become? He's calling us to grow up, to be adults. The complicated truth that I have learned about humanity is this, that maturity and the things we associate with it, like patience and kindness and selflessness, the things we equate with being a good adult, these things are not as correlated with age as most of us would like to believe. Most of us see growing up as a linear process. We start as a baby and we become an adult. But in my time working with people, I have seen a great deal of evidence to contradict this fact. Because I have spent time with 13 and 14-year-olds who are more resilient, more compassionate, more self-assured than many people twice or three times their age. And I have spent time with people in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s who act more like toddlers throwing a temper tantrum because they're not getting their way than they do like people in the middle or the end of their life. And Paul's instructions aren't about how old we are. They're about our character now. At whatever age and stage of life we find ourselves, he's telling us he wants us to be worthy of our call. Not a call to a job or to a place or to a thing, but the call to be the children of God. And what does this look like, he tells us? It looks like being humble and gentle and patient. Accepting others with love and going above and beyond to preserve unity and peace within the body of Christ. For Paul, growing up has nothing to do with getting older, nothing to do with getting married or having a kid, buying a house or getting a job or cashing out your 401k. It's about developing the kind of character that reflects the character of God. And this is something that we can do every day of our lives, no matter how old we are. And it's something that we must do every day of our life. But growing up to Paul is more than just personal growth or an increase in moral rectitude. It is 
about more than each one of us as an individual. Whenever a person uses a phrase or a word over and over again, it's usually because they are trying to reinforce a point. And we would be remiss in our text today if we failed to note Paul's repetitive use of the word one. Seven times in two lines does he say it. You are one body and one spirit, just as God called you in one hope. And there is one Lord and one faith and one baptism and one God. And so we see not only is it important that we grow as individuals of people of God's character, but it's important that we grow in and for our community. We are one. My first summer after college, I took a job working at a Young Life camp up in the Colorado Rockies. In a tiny town called Fraser, about 8,500 feet above sea level, I was introduced to an environment that was drastically different than the Pacific Northwest where I'd grown up. Instead of towering cedars and evergreens, the Colorado aspen tree stretched as far as the eye could see. And it was here that I learned something new. Because it turns out that unlike the old growth trees that I'm used to and maybe you're used to here in California with their individual root systems, the aspen tree, each one is actually only part of a larger organism. According to scientists or anyone who's ever tried to dig up an aspen tree, you will find that a group of aspens is considered a singular organism with its main life force underground in an extensive root system. And these, these trees, they share this enormous root system, hundreds or thousands of trees interconnected to one another. And not only did I find out that these trees share a root system, it turns out that in each of these aspen groves, the trees are actually genetic clones of one another. They all come from one original seed and share the same genetic makeup. Over hundreds and thousands of acres, trees are sprouting up and they're given life from one central and original place. And yet, though they are the same and they are one, they are still different. Because as you walk through the forest, you begin to notice that each one is a little different than the next. Maybe one's a little taller or a little shorter, a little wider. Maybe they have different branches or different bark colors. And so there I began to see that the beauty of a system is in both its similarities and its differences. And it was a revelation for me to realize that you and I, the body of Christ, is a lot like these trees, or maybe these trees are like us. Because Paul is hammering home that we are one, that we as the body of Christ share a root system. Jesus himself tells us in the Gospels that he is the vine and we are the branches. Every single one of us in Christ shares the root system that is Jesus. And because we share this same system, because we share these same roots, we are one body. 
not a collection of individuals, but part of a living thing. And yet, when we look around, we know that we too are different, each created and gifted in our own way. There are significant benefits to being part of one body. Researchers have also found that on one hand, the aspirin, the aspen is far more resilient to outside trauma than a number of other kinds of trees. They grow at higher altitudes. They grow in soil that is not as fertile. They're more resistant to fire because their root system is buried so deep and safe underground. They can help one another in trouble. And as the body of Christ, we too have our life source somewhere else that is safe. We too have our life found in Jesus himself. And so we are told that we don't have to fear the outside trials of the world because we know that our life is secure in him. And not only that, but we can see how our differences come together to form something more beautiful and complex and complete than any one of us on our own. Paul tells us that he gave some to be apostles and prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. That his purpose was to equip us so that we might work together serving and building up the entirety of the body of Christ. God does not work in one pattern. And while there are fundamental things that are the same in each of us, we each have a different way of growing. And that's the beauty of growing up, because part of growing up is developing that humility that Paul points out. It's about recognizing the gifts inside of us and allowing them to be used for the greater good, for God's purpose in this world. And it is about acknowledging and recognizing the gifts in other people and encouraging those gifts as well, not trying to overshadow them or stop them from growing. Because growing up isn't about being the biggest tree in the forest. It's about being a vital part of an ecosystem that needs each and every one of us to survive. And when we put others down, when we start demanding things get done in our way because it's more comfortable, when we start caring more about our individual wants and our individual needs, then the ongoing growth and life of the whole body, that is when we begin to see stunted growth and we put the one at risk. Because this is the downside to being part of one body. That while more resilient to outside threats, we find ourselves perhaps more vulnerable to inside ones. In recent years, the Colorado aspens have been dying off at an incredibly high rate. And it's because they found that when one tree becomes sick, that illness then spreads through the system at a rapid rate. We know what this is like. We know what happens when a toxic person or a toxic theology enters the church and the community of God. We see it just like a tree disease spreading hate and anger and cynicism and selfishness, killing the body where it stands. 
the decline in attendance in the American church highlights this fact. That when we stopped growing, when we stopped trying to conduct ourselves with humility and gentleness and patience, when we stopped accepting others with love, and when we stopped making an effort to preserve the unity of the spirit and the peace that ties us together, our sickness spreads and it undermines the whole body. Paul tells us our goal is to become mature adults and to measure that against the fullness of Christ because what he wants is for us not to be like infants or children who are blown around by every different deceitful opinion that comes up on a blog or from a sermon or in a book or on the news. And he says that one of the ways that we stop ourselves from becoming so thrown around is that we realize we are better and stronger together. That we were given all these gifts so that we might be a stronger body that has deep roots. And when we try to limit the gifts of other people, when we try to tell them how they should grow, we end up cutting ourselves off at the knees as well. When you look at the news on any given day, the church resembles far more the infants that we are warned against than the mature adults that we have been exhorted to become. So what do we do? Paul gives us one line. He tells us, if you want to grow up, I'll tell you the quickest way to do it. You have to speak truth in love. And this seems like such an easy thing. It seems like something that most of us think we do on a regular basis. But the reality of human nature is that we tend instead to fall in one of two camps. There's a group of us who love telling the truth. We are going to tell you what we think and what we know. We are going to point out the ways that you are wrong, the ways that you have messed up, because we're just, we're doing God's work. But here we know this, that without love, that kind of truth becomes a poison. And it creates pain and anger and discord because it's not about the best of another person. It's about being right. Now, there's another group of us, and we love love. And we are going to be your cheerleaders, and we walk alongside you, and we tell you you're doing great. And we will support you in everything that you do and be kind and avoid every conflict we possibly can. And this we know is poison too. Because it stunts people's growth. It allows them to remain in sickness and in pain and in brokenness without ever saying the hard thing. But truth in love, this this place of maturity that Paul is calling us, that is a special place. Because it is a healing force that seeks the best for another. And it ensures both growth and flourishing because it recognizes that when one part of the body succeeds, we all do. That summer when I was working up in Colorado, my job was a wrangler. I took kids, high school kids in particular, out on trail rides in the Colorado mountains. 
And many of these kids had come from inner cities and had never sat on a horse before. They might have never even touched a horse before. And there is something about a 2,000-pound animal with its own brain that is a great equalizer for most of us. No matter how confident you are, there's a moment before you step on. And so we had been taking kids all summer, and one day a group of students arrived, and at first they seemed like any other group we had had, a little loud, a little boisterous, a little nervous. They were kids. But among this group in particular was a girl who stood off to the side. And it seemed like perhaps she just didn't quite fit in with this group of kids. She was terrified of getting on a horse, wanted nothing to do with it. But the problem was if she didn't ride, no one did. And so as leaders and her friends, we gathered around and we just, we began to ask, what can we do to help you get on? And we decided as a compromise that if she would get on the horse, that I would, with a rope, lead that horse the entire trail, that she wouldn't have to be alone. And so she awkwardly climbed up and nervously held clutching on to that horse's mane. And as leaders, we began to prepare, thinking we were going to have to protect her from some of the snide or sarcastic comments that we know that kids can have. Adults can have them, too. And so we were surprised when the first thing we heard after this taking forever was not a sarcastic comment about her taking too long, but a, hey, you can do it. And the kids began to call out encouragement, kids that hadn't been speaking to her before she had gotten on this horse. And throughout the ride, they continued this, cheering her on. And she began to sit a little taller and to relax a little more. And finally, towards the end of the ride, she looked down at me and she said, you know what, you can unclip. And she rode those last couple hundred of feet back by herself. And as she got off the horse, all of these other kids crowded around her and they gave her high fives and they hugged her and they pulled her into their group. And she became a vital part of who they were in that moment. These teens found out that week what happens when the body cares for itself, when it supports those who are in need. And they grew up in a way that many of us still fail to grasp. That when we act with humility and patience and kindness, and when we speak truth in love, we are free to live into the call we have received as God's children and the whole group flourishes. Because we know that all of these things come from the root source of Jesus, we can then grow up into them so that the world can see the truth of God reflected in the one church. Amen.